Welcome back, James Post Podcast. Today is Thursday, December 29th, and back into the podcast. Back from we had one podcast last week. We're back in for another one. Uh, we had a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of things happened last week for the NFL games. It's a big weekend coming up for college football, and uh, we're going to kind of piece it up a little bit from today's podcast and probably tomorrow's. But we have a lot of stuff to talk about, so let's get into it. Including a game. Our games always turn out to go well, so I, I was... I'm really excited about this one because it'll make Jace mad. Do you want to start with that? Nope, because that's I want it to come in the, in the flow of a conversation. Make sure it comes up really good. So uh, we're, let's just gonna get right back right into it. So we'll talk about the last week's NFL games. Um, we'll do some of the diff, some of the other college football games that are not playoff games later. But let's start off the NFL. So let's just go with let's get, get those scores up, ready to go. Boop boop boop. Okay. Last all right, first game from last week, Buffalo Chicago. Buffalo 35, Chicago 13. Game honestly was pretty close up until like the fourth quarter where Buffalo decided to start pouring it on, especially third quarter. Buffalo decided to start pouring it on cuz I think at the start of the third quarter it was 14 to 10. Uh, then Buffalo decided, "Hey, we're much better than this team." So they just started scoring. Justin Fields tried his hardest. He did a decent job in this game like he always does. And his team just not ready. He had a lot of good throws in this game, too. It wasn't like Justin Fields threw a lot of picks or anything. He had a pretty clean game. It's just players weren't making um, plays for him like he like he needs them to. But Buffalo, far superior team, and it showed in this game. New Orleans-Cleveland. Oh, I didn't really mention. Um, in last week's record record books, I went 11-5. and five. You went 10-6. and six. Um, I gained one one game on you. So now there's only a three-game lead between you and I for the 25-buck bet we had going in for the season's uh, picks. So, you know, I'm, I'm coming for you. There's two weeks left. And Jace already said that he's going to try to, like, you know, just make sure he evens with me so he doesn't – I don't have a chance to split. But I might have a couple couple little f- tricks for that. But get back into it. New Orleans, Cleveland. New Orleans got the win, 17-10. to 10. Um, much to our chagrin because, you know, we picked Cleveland in this game thinking, hey, New Orleans don't really have a good enough quarterback. You know, uh, the Red Rifle himself hasn't been playing all that well. The defense for New Orleans is good, but we thought in Cleveland, the all the weather and all that would be enough. Um, not the case. Deshaun Watson didn't necessarily play all that great. 135 yards total passing and an interception. Um, they couldn't rerun the foot, foot, football on the Saints at all. Um Honestly, this all came down to the Saints just able to run the football. Saints literally scored 17 because the Browns got to a 10-point lead. And the next thing you know, the Saints scored 17 unanswered. So, next thing you know, Browns are still terrible. They're 6-9 and nine now. And they're just going to be looking towards next season where Deshaun Watson. Oh, somebody mentioned this on Twitter. How the Russell Wilson trade is the worst trade of all time. We're going to get to that game later, how bad that was. Um, Russell Wilson trade, potentially the worst trade of all time. Um, and somebody mentioned, well, how about the Deshaun Watson trade? Ooh, see, I don't think either of those are the worst of all time. The the worst trade? You don't, you don't think so? No. <laughs> the Russell Wilson trade might go down as the worst of all time. I don't know, because I'm looking at the Devonta Adams trade. Like, that was almost, real quick, that didn't ruin one team, that ruined two. Now both teams are bad. No, but that okay, but that, but Devontae Adams is not bad. I know his team, but his it, team it has failed the him. fact that it's 
both teams are now still bad. Both the Packers and Raiders are both now bad. Right, the Packers because they don't have Devontae Adams and the Raiders because they're just a terribly ran organization. Yes. I but that's it, not but Devontae the, Adams. I know, fault. but now the thing is the Raiders don't have any top picks. Well, true. So But they only but here's the thing, they only gave away one first round pick. They got multiple first round picks being the Seattle Seahawks from from Denver. They got multiple first round picks. They got Noah Fant. They got um another they got they got three players. Two firsts, two seconds, and a third. Okay, I think. okay, okay. What is what counts as a bad? And they paid him trade, like trading up in the draft. Does that count? Trading up. Yeah, you okay. traded something and go up. Uh, no, that, yeah. If you if you trade for something and don't get the return that you thought you would, yeah. Okay, that, that, for sure. Trading up for Ryan Leaf. What they give up? <laughs> uh, they traded the number three overall pick. In the first round and the second round pick, and linebacker Patrick Sapp and Eric McGaff. No, that's not enough. The Broncos gave up all that they gave up for him, and then they paid him $200 million. So that is probably the worst trade of all time. But as I was mentioning, Deshaun Watson, though, is that they're saying, oh, Deshaun Watson sells more time. I guess maybe Deshaun Watson's played better with the few games that he's had with Cleveland. But, you know, I don't think he's shown enough to even say, hey, like, he's the old Deshaun Watson. I don't even think he's shown that as of right now. I think two years of him being off, I think, has been a big detriment to him. And I don't, I don't think he'll ever get back to top five status. And if that's the case, I don't... I Maybe the trade isn't that bad because I don't think Cleveland really gave up. I think they gave a first, a, f- a set, couple seconds, and, and a, a couple third. million dollars. Right. And I'm like, I'm not a couple million, <laughs> lots of million dollars. <laughs> lots of millions. But, like, when it comes to money... I guess money is going to be worse for Cleveland, but the freaking Denver Broncos gave up more. Like, Noah Fant is a great tight end that they gave up along oh, yeah. in a defensive end. Like, they gave up a lot of players, a lot of draft picks. The Russell Wilson trade might go down as the worst trade of all time. What about uh, the Raiders trading Randy Moss for a fourth-round pick? Ooh. Oh, so you actually lose out on value. And then what the Patriots got was a Super Bowl. No, they didn't. They didn't get a yeah, Super they Bowl didn't. No, they didn't. In they lost the Giants that year, remember? Because they went undefeated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't remember. I was... They went... Okay, so... I was three. No, okay. I don't remember. So they went undefeated that year uh, throughout the regular season, got all the way up to the Super Bowl, and then the Giants beat them. Pretty much one short of finishing off the whole season, which is why, why Miami is still... The old Miami team from the 80s still like gets together and after all the teams end up losing a game. Okay. Uh, then the Herschel Walker trade. Um, who? What would that be a bad trade for? The Vikings. Oh, about yeah, but say because the heck the Cowboys got out from under that deal very quickly. Yeah, five players and eight draft picks, and they turned those draft picks into a lot of good players too. Yeah, that's that that has to be the worst. Five players. Yeah, my bad. It's not five. It's thirteen. You gave up thirteen players. Let me see. Check see. how many of them are Pro Bowlers. Out of those 13 players, check how many ended up being Pro Bowlers. Okay. I'm che- I'm checking now. Or the Bucks trading Steve Young to San Francisco. Okay. That All was right. bad. So, okay, here's the trade. Wow, there's a lot of things that went to the Cowboys. See? <laughs> okay. So, the Cowboys for Herschel Walker. 
Um, got Jesse Solomon, David Howard, Isaac Holt, Alex Stewart, Minnesota's first, second, and sixth round pick in 1990. And then in 91, they got Minnesota's first and second. Wow. And then and then a the bunch of conditional picks. But technically, they got a first, second, and a sixth, and a couple first and seconds. And then those players turned into Emmett Smith. <laughs> instantly. Instantly, Cowboys just won it. <laughs> you can't tell me they didn't. Uh, yeah, Cowboys won that. That's the worst. 13 players, Joe. You didn't need to read the rest. The first one was Emmett Smith. Come on. Yeah, they they ended up getting a pro. <laughs> uh, Atlanta trading Brett Favre. Uh, Atlanta trading him? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Yeah, that. but still, not only any of this any The of this Colts worse. trading John Elway. Ooh. I guess you lose out a couple Super Bowls. I don't think he was going to win a Super Bowl with them, though. The Bucks trading Steve Young. He's a three-time Super Bowl winner. I still don't think it's a worse trade. I I just think with so much. I'm given, sorry. There's not a worse trade than the Herschel Walker trade. You can't tell me there is. Well, that's true. They traded away a guy that pretty much did nothing in the NFL and then turned it into a a pretty much a perennial pro bowler slash one of the best running backs of all time. So, yeah, I guess I, maybe that's one of the best trades for Dallas and then one of the worst trades for like it's hard to say it was the worst trade for Minnesota because what Minnesota thought they were getting Herschel Walker is nothing close to what Dallas thought. I mean, Denver thought they were getting a Russell Wilson. They thought they were getting a Super Bowl. Like, Russell Wilson was supposed to be the key to get that very talented team to get a Super Bowl. And now you're looking like, hey, I've checked, will they want I've to get rid of that? seven sites. Everyone says Herschel, that Herschel Walker trade, the worst one in history. Maybe. 13 players, one of them's on Hall of Famer. I get what you're saying. It's the outcome of the trade that makes it the worst, not how the trade itself. At the time, the trade was good. Herschel Walker was a great player, mm -hmm. but it's the outcome of it, right? You lost out. It's the same thing with like the freaking Celtics getting a bunch of picks. It's the same thing. They turned those picks into Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Like, okay, let me let me look at the Russell Wilson trade again and see what they already turned one of those picks into. Um, let's see here. Cowboys turned that into a couple of chips. Well, I don't think this. Yet again, yeah, you're right. I don't think the Seahawks are going to turn it into chips. Yeah, but they turned out into a better team, so I don't. No, the Seahawks can't draft. You're right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> they got two firsts, and then two seconds and a fifth with along with Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and Shelby Harris. Eh, I don't think the Seahawks are going to turn into chips. I'm not going to lie to you. But this may have been the worst give up and get something back something for for Denver because it absolutely atrocious. They, they People were talking about how they can get out from under this, from under this trade uh, with Russell Wilson. Like It's not necessarily the trade anymore. It's how you're going to get the that money that you're, you're spending. Like How you're going to get out from that money. Who's going to trade for that contract? I just don't think they already got their coach fired. It was this. Uh, this is kind of off the rails here. We were just talking about other games that kind of turned into Russell Wilson. Hold on, now I have NBA. I have NBA one. Sorry. Oh boy. Uh, the Clippers trade Baron Davis and an unprotected first round to Cleveland for Mo Williams and Jamario Moon. The unprotected first round ended up being Kyrie Irving. Mm. Yeah, that's bad. 
Yeah. That's really bad. That is so bad. That's bad. You got any more for me? Yes. Before we go on another game? As soon as my screen can figure out what's happening. <laughs> uh Oh, yeah. Heck, how bad? I guess it's not bad. I guess it's just it is what it is. Milwaukee trades Dirk to the he they traded Dirk to the Mavericks. Yeah, that is a championship. I guess in, in basketball it's a little bit different because obviously there's so many trades in in NBA basketball that it doesn't seem as detrimental unless it is an absolute stud of a player. The Sixers traded Wilt Chamberlain to the Clippers. To the Lakers. Oh yeah, that yeah, for sure. That was bad. Well, that's bad. <laughs> well, yeah. Lakers went on and got a bunch of chips with them. Milwaukee trades Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to Lakers. Everybody traded the best player to the Lakers. The top five all have the Lakers in them. Probably. See, that's not as bad. That's not as bad. Because it doesn't sound as bad. Because in basketball, you can almost rebuild instantly. Right. It's a lot faster. It's so much easier. Yeah. And yet... In the NFL, there wasn't I that know, many we trades like, up until now. We say now. it's faster, and yet the Bulls still carried. That's true. <laughs> we ain't able to redo it since 2000. That's so, that's so, so very true. So it's hard to say it's easy. We just beat Milwaukee the other night, so that's plus. Hey, taking every little plus I can get, man. I watched Trey Young. I watched this game. Oh, we beat the Hawks, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I watch him just sit there, get the ball, throw it up. Hey, it 0.5 seconds. It happens. It happens. And then how do we go into OT? And he proceeds to just bury threes. Yeah. Come on. All right. I'm going back on to the NFL games. Uh, Seattle, Kansas City. Kansas City won the game pretty handily, 24-10. Game won all that close. Um, New York, Minnesota. Minnesota won the game barely. All right. And this is this is where potentially the game slash the thing that can make you mad shows up. Okay. After this game, Justin Jefferson had another great game. 12 receptions, 133 yards, and a touchdown. Um, another great game for him. Um, Kirk Cousins and the and and the boys had to come back, scoring 17 points in the fourth quarter to the Giants' 11, to to then come back and win the game. Uh, this is it was a I think a game winning field goal, right? 60 something yeah, yarder. It was 61 yards. It was his personal best. Indoors, it makes it a little bit different because hitting it indoors is a lot easier. You don't have to worry about the elements and all that. But we're not going to get into all that. Justin Jefferson said that he should be in the MVP conversation. Mm-hmm. That he should not, like, the, there should be no reason why he should not be part of the MVP conversation. Um, and do you think he has a point? Do you think he needs to be up for MVP discussion? No. Just, just off the top of your head, yes or no? No. And then I have something to combat. Okay, so no. So I was waiting for you to say yes, because I think... You were on the boat before I was when it comes to calling him the best in the league. I was still holding on to Devontae Adams. And I think the way that the Raiders ruined that, I, Wait, I am now. Uh, why would he be up for it if Calvin Johnson and Cooper Cup were also never up That's for it? what I was about to say. You took you literally took the argument away from me. Because, come on now. Cooper Cup had literally the best statistical season for a wide receiver ever last year and got one MVP vote last year. One single MVP vote. So with I, with that being the case, I don't know how Justin Jefferson, with what he has done up to this point, 
will be able to make the argument that he is an MVP candidate. Let me be real. I can say Justin Jefferson right now is the best. He's their best player. No, no, no. Justin Jefferson the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. Yes, I can agree. But I'm be agree. real with you. That's momentarily. Wide receivers change a lot more often, for sure. Yes. But the thing is, they change more often, but I think out of the three of them, he's the least skilled. I feel like a lot of times he's, he's been facing nobody DBs, and then when he faces a big DB, ex- excluding Jair Alexander, he's been shut down. He couldn't okay. get he couldn't get anything over Darius. Slay. He didn't get anything. Yeah, the nothing. Eagles, he didn't. No, for sure. And then you didn't have to face Sauce, so it's kind of iffy for me. It'd be different. It'd be it'd be very different if he if he was purposely in the same size as Sauce. Uh huh. But of course, you're not going to do that. You want to win the game. Right, but as a receiver, knowing that guys on the other side of you, and you want to make a case to be an MVP, you have to face him. Right, he's considered the second best DB in the NFL right now. Of course, he torched their other DB. He killed him. Right, that guy's top fifteen, not top five. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. He doesn't make the conversation. Not for the MVP. No, because I think the MVP is. Strongly considered itself has now been a quarterback award, a lot That's like a lot like the Heisman is for college football. It has been yeah. a quarterback award because guess what? The quarterback has the ball in their hand every every play, offensively, and they pretty much they decide who gets the ball. And that's why, and then a couple running backs, obviously. But running backs, if a one hot running back, if given the ball enough, can change a game in a way. Wide receivers, which I think is changing now. I think wide receivers become so valuable nowadays. When the last like five or ten, five or ten years or so. But I think it's going to take a lot. Like, yeah, but that's all. That's not again, true for every team because you can see on a lot of teams where it's the quarterback that's elevating the team. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. where Patrick Mahomes goes down, the Chiefs are done. Of course, but you look at it. You look at his wide receiver core. He's kind of playing with scrubs. Yeah, they're, they're kind of all mid. Yeah, they're all mid. Only one that has like some actual like I can see potential is Kadarius Tony, Tony, Tony. I think, I think it's T, but I think it's T O O N Y. Nope, T O N E Y. Tony, Tony, uh, but even then, oh, they got the one guy, the uh, Sky Moore. He's he's not bad. I know, but but he hasn't really done anything this season. Though. Not bad isn't top five. Like that's what I'm oh, saying. Oh yeah, for sure. So I think it makes more sense in the NFL why it's a quarterback award. In college, it's kind of like eh, that's iffy for me. Because uh, be real with you, you you can have a terrible quarterback who's just tossing it up to the top wide receiver in the NFL in the college football scene, mm-hmm. and he's just making plays, and it counts towards your stats, right? Uh. But I know I don't think he makes that. Okay, so I have. What did you think was going to make me mad about that? If oh. I said yes, no, 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 not. Oh, I didn't think that was going to make you mad. Oh, well, there's more. Well, I just think the game. Okay, what's the game? It's going to be this or that. Okay, I'm gonna give you. These are wide receivers. I'm gonna give you two blank wide receiver stats, and you're gonna tell me which one you'd rather have. Yeah. This is for the season up to this point. You're gonna tell me. You're gonna tell me which season you'd rather have. Yep. Okay. So, first one, um, 97 receptions, yeah. um, 1,257 yards, 12 touchdowns. Yeah. Okay. And then you got, um, let's go with um, 91 receptions, 1,207 yards, and eight touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Who would you rather have? Give me the 91 receptions. The 91? Yeah. Well, the first one was Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey has more touchdowns. He has 12 touchdowns compared yeah. to. Okay, and here's another one. Who was the second one? Um, CeeDee Lamb. 
give me the Travis Kelsey. <laughs> I was, I was, yeah, keep going. This is uh, not really my point I'm trying to make. I'm just, I'm just, okay. So, this one 123 receptions, 1,700 yards, 1,756 yards, and eight touchdowns. And then 101 receptions, 1,325 yards, and 10 touchdowns. Which one would you rather have? Give me the what was the first one? Seventeen hundred yards, eight touchdowns. Give me that one. You rather have eight touchdowns? Yeah. Well, the first one was Justin Jefferson. Yeah. That one was Stephon Diggs. Okay. The, I picked the f- first one because of the yardage. It means he's oh. move. He's moving the ball. But he has twenty. Okay. So, so this is okay. So this is where my point is. Okay. No, there's, if there's more, I want to do more. Okay. How about this? 113 receptions. Yeah. Um 1600 yards. Yeah. 7 touchdowns. Yeah. Or um <laughs> 99 receptions. Actually no, that's not good. That I think that okay, never mind. Change that. How about 96 receptions, a little over 1000 yards, 6 touchdowns. Obviously you take the first one because of the yardage. It's it's kind of weird cuz the yardage Oh, because the first one was Tyreek Hill. Second one was um, Amon Ross St. Brown. Obviously, you would take Tyreek Hill. So, and then how about, okay, Austin Eckler. Do you know he is fourth in receptions this year? Yeah. He has 99 receptions, 647 yards, is why this makes it look a little bit off, and five touchdowns. So, like, he has, but you know what his catch percentage is? What? 83%. Pretty much every other wide receiver I see on the list is in the 70% range. 70 or below. He is 10 10 percentage points higher than pretty much anybody else on the board. Except for Juju. No, Juju has 77%. But everybody else, stupid low. Not stupid low, but a lot lower compared to him. Um, But, okay, so my overall point, the game was okay at first, but it's kind of... Cause of, okay, I have a game for you. Okay. I have the overall point we're going to get back to, it's but cool. go ahead and play the game. It's a would you rather. Okay. Final okay. drive. Would you rather prime Aaron Rodgers or mm-hmm. prime Tom Brady? Um, perfect setting, not worried about whether Final or anything. Final drive. You can know nothing else with that. Pick one. Don't know. I don't know who my wide receivers are. Pick one. Tom Brady. Okay. Who would you rather start a franchise with, Jimmy G or Kirk Cousins? Oh, no. <laughs> um, I would go with, oh, man. I guess Kirk. At least I know Kirk can stay healthy. Mm. Who would you rather start a franchise with, Sean McVay or Doug Peterson? Sean McVay. Yeah, that's, that's easy. Doug Peterson. Are you kidding me? He's doing great in, in Jacksonville, though. But yeah, let's take Sean McVay. <laughs> okay. Hold on, I have another one. I just gotta find it. All right. Oh, those are kind of both garbage. Those are garbage. All right, I got nothing else. You got nothing else. <laughs> All right, my bigger overall point on Justin Jefferson is, as much as we're both saying he's. He's Hemothy. He is that guy. Uh, however you want to say it. 
is he his head and shoulders above everybody else is what we would like to say. Is he like is he Tyreek Hill is close when it comes to receptions and yardage. Like he's having a monster season himself and is right there when it comes to touch. So, all right, Justin Jefferson, 1,700 yards. Tyreek Hill, 1,600 yards. Um, touchdowns, Justin Jefferson, eight. Tyreek Hill, seven. So, like, is he having, like, is Justin Jefferson having a head and shoulders above everybody else's season? I think Cooper Cup season last year was absolute domination in a way where he dominated receptions, touchdowns, and yardage all in one season, which is the, the first time he did all three, all, like one receivers and all three in the same season. So is that what you're looking for in Justin Jefferson in order to really to uh, to c- cement the him being that guy now? Like, is that enough? Like, we watch Justin Jefferson, we see him doing amazing plays, but... Again, is that because there's nobody else on his team that can make that play and he has to be the one to do it every time? Because, believe it or not, Tyreek Hill has Jalen Wall on the other side. He has another great receiver beside him doing it. Or maybe maybe that's what gives Justin Jefferson an edge is because he doesn't have... I guess he does have some good wide receivers, but like they're not like... No receiver on his team. Um, They still have... Um, well, I'm, I, You know I'm not good with names, dude. They still have the white dude that was doing really good for their team. Oh crap. Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen. You know but Adam Thielen was a regarded as a top ten receiver a good three or four years ago before like, he experienced an injury and all that. What makes a top receiver is that he is a playmaker. It's not uh-huh. it's not the amount of yards he has. It's uh-huh. the idea of he can win games. Tyree Kill can win games. Yes. Stephon Diggs wins games. I know, but there's a difference. Here's why I will never consider Tyreek Ty, yeah, Tyree Hill a top receiver. Because what he does is can be replicated. Currently, there's people in the NFL faster than he is. Jalen Waddle, yes. I would say Jalen Waddle is faster, even on his own team. That's the problem. His speed di- will diminish over okay, time. Okay, that's what, you're, but that's what you're saying over the long haul. I'm I saying know, right now. Thing, over the long haul is what matters. I want a player who will last. No, but we have both. You literally just you said want a quarterback who has a decent arm and that will play for ten years. When a quarterback who has a super strong arm but can only throw for, for like I'm not for asking five. who's had a better career. I'm saying who's the better wide receiver right now. That's the conversation we're having. It's not him. because we said because we said a lot. We we literally just said that having a wide receiver be the best that changes so fast. Wide receivers have their moment in the sun and then it's kind of boom vanishes. Another guy comes in right. So with all that being the case. Is Justin Jefferson head and shoulders above everybody else? Like, do you, do you see him as him gap next guy? Like, do you see that? Or is because we were looking at Cooper Cup last year, he was literally head and shoulders stat wise above everybody else. But yes. we all knew. Here's why I think Justin Jefferson is. Okay. Justin Jefferson's doing it with Kirk Cousins. Tyreek Hill's doing it with Tua. Would you rather have Tua or Kirk Cousins? Freaking Tua. Tua's ceiling is. Tua and Kirk Cousins right now at the same level. That's what I'm. Tua at the start of the season was considered an MVP candidate. No. Yes, he was. People were still iffy on Tua coming into this season. He went six games at the start where he went like, six games winning. Yeah, but that, that's the start of the season. Kirk Cousins they went undefeated too. So all I'm it's the thing of Justin Jefferson's doing it with the worst quarterback. I, I would I would absolutely, cont- absolutely I would contend that those quarterbacks are pretty similar. No. Cooper Cup had a better quarterback. Well, yes. I'll give you Cooper Cup. I did have a better quarterback. Devontae Adams, for most of his career, had a better quarterback. 
huh? This is the first year we has we just had a bad quarterback, and it's clearly the quarterback's fault. <laughs> clearly the quarterback's fault. <laughs> but we know what he is. Devontae Adams is an amazing receiver, exactly, I, and his stats will reflect that. Justin Jefferson, out of the three of them, has been doing it with, with the worst quarterback over time. But he's only had he's only had this type of season this year. I think last year still not up to level this season. I think he has more he has more touchdowns last year than this year. So, I, but I think again, I think touchdowns is more of a luck stat. It doesn't always happen. Stuff different things come into play. I think receptions and yardage is more important, more indicative of what how good you are doing. Touchdowns is more of a luck thing. I am just going to contend that maybe there's not as big of a difference in wide receivers as there would be in most years. I just think Jefferson, Jefferson as great as he is, may not. He's great. He is number one. Like if I had to, if I had to re-rank wide receivers right now, which we will do after the season, he'll I be know, number one. Can like if you think about it, think about like the top five. Who are your top five receivers? Um, Justin Jefferson would be up there. Stephon Diggs would be up there. Um, not how he played in fantasy last week. We were. I was not playing on talking about fantasy at all. It was a bad week for both of us in our family league. It was a bad week for both of us. Nah, I lost both leagues, bro. <laughs> right. Devonte Adams would be in the top five. His team has screwed him. He is not the problem. I'm not looking at him as the problem. He'd be in the top five. This I'm not even doing this really in order. Um, Devonte Adams would be in the top five. Um, think about like your top ten receivers. How many of them are hurt? Oh, there's a good portion of them right now. Like seven, right? Yeah. Out of the top 10, seven. AJ Brown. Hurt. Yeah, of course. AJ Brown being in the top five. Easy. But you think about it, out of the top five, probably. Oh, Jamar and Jamar Chase. Six or seven of them have were hurt for at least. At, oh, yeah. At minimum four games, right? This has not been a great. Even in the top 15, most of them have been hurt. Yeah, for sure. This no, has been I agree. one of the worst worst and best years for receivers. Oh, yeah. Where Justin Jefferson's having a monster season, AJ Brown's having a monster season. But then guys like Cooper Cup are hurt. Devontae Adams barely had a quarterback. Jamar Chase has been hurt. Keenan Allen's been hurt. Mm hmm. And then you have other guys who just don't have a good quarterback. Mike Evans being one of them. No, doesn't have a good quarterback. Do you know how many targets Justin Jefferson has? How many? Maybe partially what he is because of the amount of targets. He has 174 targets. Jesus. The next guy is Tyreek Hill with 158. Okay, so this. Okay, so I'll give you this. The uh, AJ Brown has 80 receptions, 40 receptions less. Okay, has 1300 yards. And he has ten touchdowns. See, it's the thing because uh, I think maybe partially because it's volume. Because I know it's vol. It, wait, all right. That's it's a lot of volume. Just, it's not just volume. It's the idea of the Eagles are a big play machine. When the because you think about the Eagles, I'm saying like, the Eagles are more efficient. Of course, that's, I think the oh, Vikings yeah. are one of the least efficient offensive yes, teams. Ever. I also think the Vikings do have a better running back. I think teams with better running backs. Their receivers end up having less touchdowns on the goal line. Uh huh. Like Higgins and, and Chase don't have as many touchdowns on the goal line because we have Mixon in the backfield. We have P. Ryan in the backfield. So I think teams with worse running backs, their receivers almost get more touchdowns because, like, I have no one to throw to on the goal line. And then you have guys like Diggs where it's like, I'm not getting the ball. Allen's going to run it. Like, that's where, that's where you're at. So I think touchdowns is. You said a luck stat. I like that. It's a partially a luck stat. Yeah, it's sure. partially a luck stat, and it's partially the idea of who's in the backfield and who's my quarterback. Because mm-hmm. if you have a quarterback, like, Hurts is going to run. Hurts? Oh, Hurts has had a lot of <laughs> feel uh, on the one-yard line. They are literally doing a quarterback yeah, sneak I'm running. right, in, right same, in there. Same thing with the Bills. Yeah. Allen's about to run. <laughs> you just you you just lining up for fun. Like, that's what you're doing. 
You're going out there. <laughs> you know what they're going to do. Yeah, you're going to go and score it anyway. There's you, nothing you like, can do. You know what made I've it worse is all. now they have the tight end come behind and literally just push yes. the quarterback yes. in. I've, it's not against the I've seen uh, – I've watched the Bills play, and on the goal line, there was no there was no DB over there on Diggs. He was by himself because they knew they were running it. They were running it. They were legit trying to stuff the middle, and Diggs was out there on the island staring at nobody. There, sitting there and watching. Yeah. They hiked the ball, and Diggs, Diggs walked off the field. <laughs> like, that's where, that's where he's at with that. Yeah. So almost having a better quarterback who can run and having a better uh, running back who can run, you, it does take your touchdowns. I don't think touchdowns should be the end-all, be-all stat. Oh, yeah. I think with that, that I think your catch percentage should also be up there. Because uh, some, especially like Boyd, he's on the hot seat right now. How do you go from nine? You, you go from 99%. You were at 99% to end the season last year. Yeah. And it has fallen from the way. He's at like twenty five percent. You know how many yeah. touchdowns he's dropped? <laughs> how many? Six. Oop, that's not great. That is almost half as many as as the people on the list who have touchdowns. Yeah, that's four less than AJ Brown. <laughs> how do you do that? Hey, yeah, it's tough. All right, Devontae okay. Adams. For all of us saying saying he's having a terrible, not having a great season. 88 receptions, 1290 yards, 12 touchdowns. <laughs> as like you know what's funny like we know like he's not having as great of a season as he probably should. Yeah, but he's still having a great but season. But he's still having a great season. Like it's just crazy how it kind of it kind of changes your mentality of it cuz it's like he has games where he has like two catches for 40 yards and then he has other games where he's catching he has over like 200 yards and three touchdowns. Like he's just had a lot of explosive games. He's, he's not really cold. been consistent. He's hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. And that's because his team doesn't know how to get him the ball. Yeah. Because it's not the fact that he's not on a talented offense. He's on a pretty talented offense. It's just that yeah. offense. Like, uh, I feel like everybody on that. On that. that, that they have no, a no, good no. running back. Josh Jacobs has a 15 Real quick. You don't go from three years of being mid to good. That's not how that works. He's still mid. Josh Jacobs has produced this season. He has over 1,500 like yards. Said, He's close to 2,000 yards. You don't go four, oh, I get four it. years of being mid and then one of being good, and then you're good. That's not how this works. No, okay. Either you are good or you are mid. Josh Josh Jacobs is still mid till I see it again. Same thing as okay. Hurts. That's fine. And that's the thing. Oh, Josh oh. Jacobs has only been good for three games. Josh Jacobs has not been good, this good all year. He's had fifteen hundred. He has fifteen hundred yards. That's not you can't luck into fifteen hundred yards Cap. rushing. Cap fifteen hundred. How many does Devin Singletary have? Do, Devin Singletary has nothing. Devin Singletary's ass. Uh, <laughs> he's small plus slow equals bad running back. And they don't use running backs like that in Buffalo. Like nah, it's nothing blocker. you can do. He, right. He a fullback. Right. They don't use like Josh Allen's a running back. <laughs> <laughs> he is their running back. Like that's that's just how it goes, man. So, but no, I you can't luck into fifteen hundred yards. That's just not how that how that works. But what I'm saying is that they do have talented offensive players with the with the uh, Raiders. But coach sucks, obviously. Um, putting the not really having a good offensive plan, and then man, I think he, I think he's just broke. He broke. He has broken um, Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr, we'll talk about this in a minute, but once we get to it, I, I have my own little thoughts on that. So, back to the game we were talking about. I think it was the Giants and Minnesota. Talked about that game where Minnesota got the win. Uh, Cincinnati at New England, 22-18. to 18. Do you, Would you like to give our, um, our podcast listeners a peek into our now two-week saga 
yeah, pretty much two game saga since I have given you your birthday present. As to how, uh, maybe I give you bad juju is what you're oh, saying. Oh yeah, okay. So Joe bought me a Joe Burrow jersey, jersey, and it is bad luck. <laughs> Here's how I know it's bad luck. You're telling me, for two straight quarters against the Buccaneers, we go scoreless. I proceed to take it off, and we score five touchdowns, along with four turnovers for the Buccaneers. I can. And you can, in anybody that watched that game, know those turnovers are the luckiest thing alive. You cannot tell me. And then I'm wearing it last game, right? This Chase fumbles the ball. Yeah. Chase fumbles the ball. I proceed to take it off. Take the jersey off and uh, throw it on the ground, and not even two, not even four plays later, the ball stripped back out and fumbled in the Bengals' direction, and then we score. You cannot. Well, tell you don't me. score. You hold. You hold on to. You hold on to the lead, and pretty much. Yeah, we the hold the lead and end the game. You cannot tell me those things aren't correlated. Look, I, at the first game for sure. I know some things are luck, but there's no shot. That I take the jersey off, and a couple plays later they fumble it. Look, I all they had to do was run the ball. We have come to the agreement that we have through this next game here. You have this is against Buffalo, right? Yeah. You so depending on how this game goes, this game goes, might be unfair uh, for the jersey, <laughs> but either way. So do I have through the season at least? Because no, no, oh. f- hex, no. Okay, through the regular season, no. Oh, okay. So what? I, so my point here, guys, because when if I we bought, go in and beat. Bills, we become the second overall seed. No, okay. So when I when I bought the jersey, I bought it with good intentions. Jace doesn't believe it, but I totally bought this jersey with good intentions. I saw it; it was perfect idea. I'm like, Jace will love this. That's his guy. That Joe Burrow, Joe Shiesty, as Jace likes to say, is going to be his quarterback for the foreseeable future. And I chose to get him this jersey. Ever since he started wearing this jersey, I have seen things happen that I cannot necessarily deny. Could have some stroke of luck to them, us being baseball players. We really do believe in luck overall. Um, superstitions. We are very superstitious guys, just being baseball players. And when you see stuff like that happen over now a two-week period, it it's starting to get a little iffy for me. Jace is a little bit farther on the edge than I am. But if it happens again this week, Jace said he would give it another shot, the jersey another shot. But... If it gets to a point where this start starts to be a three week, four week thing, and I'm gonna load to, my gun and I'm gonna shoot the jersey is what's gonna happen. You, he's gonna burn it. I'm gonna hate that to happen because obviously I can't deny I can't deny the things have happened and some lucky things have happened, and it's kind of sucked because I'm like I bought it with such good intentions. I didn't mean for anything bad to happen. I don't mean wish bad on his team. I really don't. Like I, my team sucks this year. We're hoping to get to the playoffs. We have like have three different teams lose it's out in order to make it. I know it is. <laughs> I don't think it's the case. I think so. But I'm not even wishing bad for his team. Like I'm sitting here like like yes, his team going to Super Bowl. I'm not even I'd be happy for him. I would would I be happy in general? No, I'd be happy for Jace, but I'm not wishing bad. And when that jersey was bought, now it makes it look like I put just put bad juju on it and gave it to him. Um and I'd I really hope that's not the case because I really was doing it out of love. Sometimes love can be the most destructive thing. I know. Um, Okay. That was gay. (laughs) Detroit at Carolina. Carolina absolutely stuffed Detroit. 37 to 23. Carolina got off to a huge lead in this game. Games like this are the reason why we haven't gone perfect in any weeks. There was no reason Detroit should have lost this game. No, not one. 
Because, like, I can understand losing a game just because you lost it. But no one can give me one va- one valid reason why Detroit lost this week. I, I can. The Carolina Panthers nearly ran for 300 yards on the Lions' defense. We've been saying all season, we've been saying this all season, how putrid the Detroit Lions' defense is. And if I it, the chickens came home came home to roost, three hundred yards rushing. The Carolina Panthers got up to a thirty-one to seven lead in the third quarter, which then the Detroit Lions decided to do something and make it look a little bit more respectable, and scored. Let's see, twenty-three points total in the game to make it look better at thirty-seven twenty-three. But all this is garbage time. Carolina Panthers were up thirty-one to seven. The Carolina Panthers, 300 yards rushing. Like, this is absolutely atrocious. <laughs> I am just sitting here, like in, like you said, this is why we can't go perfect, is because when things start to make too much sense, and next thing you know, something crazy happens that should not happen. And this has been, watching that game unfold was the, like, the biggest, like, am I in the twilight, am I in the twilight zone type of thing? Because I'm like, as good as the Detroit Lions can play, they can play so amazing, lights out, that defense is still bad. But the fact that Detroit Lions went down third, like it'd be one thing if it was thirty-one to like twenty-one in the first half. They got down thirty-one to seven before Detroit decided to do anything offensively, and Carolina's defense ain't great. <laughs> like this, is absolutely insane. And I'm just it's was one of the weirder things to happen this weekend that really had me scratching my head as to like what the heck was going on. Atlanta, Baltimore, Baltimore got the win there, seventeen to nine. Nothing really much to say about it. Baltimore did not play much their best game, but Atlanta had free had a uh, backup quarterback in. Not the backup; he's their starter no, now. He is their starter now. Um, Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter. That was he was their starter. Not hasn't really played all that well up to this point in the last two games. So that's kind of why it got fell to Baltimore being able to win the game. Houston beat Tennessee. We actually called this game, but it was so funny because we forgot that we actually. Predicted Houston. To yeah, win we the forgot. Game. We we uh, said Houston. I was sitting here with Joe, and Joe was like, "Hey, we won a game." And I was like, "Which game?" He was like, "The Houston Tennessee game." I was like, "Oh yeah, Tennessee won that." He was like, "No, we picked Houston." And I'm saying, "I'm like, no, we didn't. We picked Tennessee." He was like, no, no, we picked Houston. And I remembered why. We realized Mr. Malik Willis was going to be starting the game, and we were like, "Nope, we're picking against that guy because he has sucked," and he pr- continued to suck in this game. Um. The only thing that really kept Tennessee in it at all was Mr. Derrick Henry himself doing everything he can to keep that team on his back, which he really did. I think Derrick Henry had um, he had 126 yards, a couple touchdowns. Like, he really did everything he could. Um, but Houston was just able to make enough plays to win the game, and Tennessee just didn't have enough of a passing game to really stay on the field and keep things going. Um, but Houston got another win in this, and, you know, we've actually picked well in this. So bad that now Houston, Matt, Tennessee, is now going to start Josh Dobbs. <laughs> In the next game, and Josh Dobbs, the guy that was he, I think he played for Tennessee, got picked up by Pittsburgh in the draft, and then been with Pittsburgh, and then went to Cleveland, and then now he's with and now he's with the Titans. Has not really done too much in his career, and then now next thing you know, he is now starting for Tennessee because of how bad Malik Willis has been. I think Tennessee is still in, still has a chance at a playoff spot, which is why I think yeah, I think they're on the bubble currently. Washington, San Francisco, San Fran beat Washington 37 to 20. Brock Purdy had another really good game. 
George Kittle, 120 yards receiving. I think they're really starting to let him receive the football now, which is definitely helping them out because when he's just playing like extra linemen, they run the ball better, but like they're not as explosive. And when you have a guy like George Kittle who is a matchup nightmare, definitely helps their team out when they let him go out and receive a little bit. And Washington stayed, stayed close, but now Washington. <laughs> I see. I saw this tweet. Washington, looking for a spark, is going to have Carson Wentz start the next game. Washington, who still has a chance to get into the playoffs if they win out, um, is trying to look for a spark, and they're going to Carson Wentz. I put on Twitter, is this a spark of in like a spark of genius or disaster? Or a spark to start the dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are we doing? I don't understand. I I don't. I just like nobody has ever looked at Carson Wentz literally since his like one year at who are with they Eagles. playing? Good. Who are they playing? Um, Washington is going to be playing. Why this written down here? Washington will be playing Cleveland this week. If you don't put Taylor Hennessy back in there, put Taylor Heineke back in, man. I just don't understand. You guys played a good squad. What is wrong with you? Your best player, Terry McLaurin, hates Carson Wentz. There is no reason why. Just based on that fact alone, there is no reason why you should put a quarterback out there that doesn't vibe with your best receiver, that your best player, the guy that's going to get – if you guys are going to win, it's going to be because Taylor, uh, Terry McLaurin is doing his best his best playing football, and that is going to be with Taylor Heineke. Carson Wentz is cheeks. There is no if, ands, or buts about it, and it is absolutely insane why they would put Carson Wentz back in, unless they're just trying to lose the game because Carson Wentz, for everything that he is, as talented as he can be, he is going to make the worst play possible to ruin your team's day. He plays hero ball. He plays hero ball, and then he doesn't know when to get out. So he goes all the way in, and he's cutting off his own leg, and like things are just happening. Poops getting thrown everywhere. Like it's like a, it's like a, it's a circus when he's around. Nothing goes well. It's not like it's a off script things go like Patrick Mahomes throwing left handed passes. Things looking beautiful. Carson Wentz is literally a walking wreck. Like he is a walking wreck of a man when it comes to playing football. Not only to himself, but to everybody around him. No, yeah, I totally agree. Like it is like I hate watching him play football. It's the worst. It's scary. <laughs> That somebody can be that bad, but be that good at the same time. I know how good you can be. <laughs> Why aren't you doing it? It just he just doesn't. Philly, Dallas, um, Dallas got the win forty to thirty four. No, I saw a tweet. Uh, <laughs> they said <laughs> it was actually about Carson Wentz. Oh boy! And they said that watching Carson Wentz plays is like giving a younger brother the Madden controller. <laughs> wow, that's actually not not wrong. <laughs> <clears throat> That's not wrong. And then I sat there and thought about it. I was like, dang, when Jay used to give me the controller, I used to be ass. <laughs> I was like, you're so right. I'm sitting there throwing Hail Marys every play. <laughs> <laughs> Just make the check down. Check down. No, I can do it. <laughs> no, I totally understand. 30, 50 yards on the field. I can make the pass. <laughs> yes, I understand. Your quarterback's right. not that strong. <laughs> he has it. <laughs> All right, back on to the next game. Philly and Dallas. Philly without uh, Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts, by not playing, proved how valuable he is to that team because four picks. I think there was four picks in this game. Yeah, Minshew was not good. Minshew was not great. He had 355 yards passing, yeah. but he also had the turnovers, and which pretty much allowed Dallas to kind of get back into the game and then end up getting the lead at the end, giving Dallas then another chance at trying to win the number one overall seed. 
I like everybody's talking about how dangerous Dallas can be. I'm like, if Jalen Hurts would have played this game, oh, over e- Eagles would have won. Like I seriously same stats that. with all, with no ints. It, and I think that also that gives Dallas obviously more possessions, but I also think that also keeps the Eagles defense out on the field longer, which then doesn't help their stats at all when it comes to stopping them at all. Because I think Dallas is a good team. I just don't think if it was a duel of wills, Jalen Hurts has something in him. Dak don't that have. Dak doesn't have, no. man. I think Jalen Hurts just has always had that monster in him when it comes to he has that look in his eye. He's not going to lose a game. And I think Dak just doesn't have that same look in his eye, man. It just Real quick, I find it funny that your offense not being good enough to stay on the field and your offense being too good to be on the field is the same problem with your defense because then your defense is always on the field tired. Oh, yeah, for sure. I find that so odd that your offense is so good, they're only on the field for two minutes. But and they're scoring, but now your defense yeah, is on the field longer. Yeah, now your defense is on the field for more than half of all your possessions. Right. I just find that so odd. Oh, it's a it's a it's a balance you have it's a to strike. Sword. Yeah, exactly. You can be a quick striking team, but if your defense isn't ready to go out and try to get stops, they're on the field for a lot more throughout the game because your offense is not staying on the field that long. So it's it's definitely a it's a risk risk proposition when your offense is like, hey, we're gonna be a quick strike offense or because next thing you know, you run tempo, you go three and out, your defense can end up being pretty much being on the field a whole half. Like that's how like how long some teams can hold on to the football for. So it, that's a, it's a crazy opposition. Um, and then Vegas lose to Pitts lose to Pittsburgh. They went into Pittsburgh's house and lost thirteen to ten. This game did come down to a it was a two minute drive last uh, Kenny Pickett. Had to take the team down all the way down the field to uh, end the game. Ends up throwing Pickett to Pickens for the touchdown to win the game. Um, I think that combination. <laughs> look, this is something I haven't seen from Pick- from Pickett yet. He engineered a game winning drive to win the game this year. Actually, that's not true because he's won two other games game winning drives this year. But I think this one was a little bit different. You had the game. You had the game. Vegas was played. They not great, but I also think it didn't help that. Uh, Mr. Derek Carr himself had a few picks in this game that also gave, I think he had three picks. Not all of them were on him. A couple of them were like bad, uh, batted balls that just kind of jumped yeah, right, tips. bounced right into his hands, into a defender's hands. I just think I'm seeing little things from Pickett. I'm going to end this season because I think the Steelers need the Jets to lose out. They need the, um, they need, Three teams to lose out in order to make the playoffs. Real so quick. I'm not going to sit here and say With we're going to make the playoffs. With Mike luck, you're going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> if that is the case, okay. Dude's allergic to losing. He is allergic to losing. I, and Pitt Steelers obviously need to win out. But I think we can win out. I think we face Baltimore this week, and then we face Cleveland the last week, I think. So we, I think you can win one of those games. I think we win both. Cleveland hasn't been playing all that good, and I think Baltimore still has Tyler Huntley playing. So Jackson not back this week. No. Oh, then you're fine. So we can win out, but asking for three teams to lose out, I think Vegas needs to lose out too. Easy. Vegas, the Jets, and then one other team needs to lose out. If all right, so Vegas is going to lose out. N- now they're without Carr. Yeah, but Carr's not going to be there no more. Okay, so Vegas is going to lose out. Uh huh. The Jets are sticking with Zach Wilson. The yes. Jets might lose out. Let me make sure I get this right. I'm gonna get the thirteen. There's three Joe, teams. you might Joe, your odds of making it aren't as slim as you make it seem. 
Vegas isn't going with Derek Carr, by the way. Anybody, if we haven't stated that, they're not going with Carr. Yeah, I think we talked about it already. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, Dolphins need to lose out. <laughs> <laughs> Who are they playing next? Uh, I'll give you that. The Dolphins have... All right, they got... Last two games in their schedule are going to be Patriots, at Patriots, and they need the Jets, and versus the Jets. You just seen them both, all three teams lose one game? I'm going to get the actual playoff chances. Or you seen them all lose the rest of their games? Because if you need them I all... I got you. I'll get, I'll get you exactly Because I think you is. need the Jets to lose... The, the Jets and Raiders to lose the rest of their games, and then the Dolphins to lose one. So, apparently they're saying Pittsburgh still has a chance to make the playoffs 2% right now. So, here is what they need. Uh, okay. Dolphins will have to lose at the Patriots and at home to the Jets. So, Dolphins have to lose out. Yeah. The Jets have to lose in week 17 at Seattle. Yeah. So, this week. And then the Patriots have to lose in week 18 to Buffalo. Which I think that'll happen. I think they'll lose... Even if Buffalo puts in their backups, I don't think the Patriots are going to win that game. So you're not making it because you need the Dolphins. If you were like, if you need like the Raiders, the Jets to lose twice, I yeah, I could see it, but you need the Dolphins to lose twice. Right. That's where you're screwed at. Yep. <laughs> it's a lot of things that have to happen. I'm not like I'm not going to be mad if we don't make the playoffs. We have we don't, honestly, this is all gravy at this point. I think the way that we. I think the way we're ending this season is a lot better than the way, the way we started this season. I think we won five out of the last six games. Like yeah. we, I think we've played good football. Kenny Pickett is getting better better every week. Pickens is an absolute dog, dude. <laughs> I'm really excited to see him play football. Like He is a physical freak. Um, I think he is what I thought Chase Claypool was going to be. And Pickens is a totally different monster. He has, a, he has that dog in him. I know that saying is used a lot. I don't. I don't think there's a. I don't think there's a up and coming wide receiver that like, like really like, embodies that more than him. Like he's willing to block anybody, knock anybody to the ground, not and look at you crazy, while you're on the ground, while he's standing over top of you. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, who? What would you say? Garrett Wilson's a monster. He's a physical. I know, but what do you considered up and coming? Well, he's just, he's in his first year. Like he's a rookie wide receiver. He, I don't, I don't him, Garrett Wilson, and Chris Olave are like the three monsters. Like those. I don't see him. I don't see Pickens to be much different than like a Metcalf. He's better than Metcalf. I think Metcalf is only his crazy physical skills. I think, I think I, I've seen enough from Pickens How do this year. How do we know that? To make circus catches, like he's Again, making circus catches quick, that Metcalf never did. Real quick, Metcalf really hasn't had the time to or chance to. I think Metcalf. He had Russell Wilson literally for three years. And he really, Russell Wilson really was not that good. For if it years. wasn't a jump ball where he can strong arm you, I don't think Metcalf's doing anything. Like, Pickens is making some spectacular catches. Even you have given him credit for in the moment. Mm-hmm. Even, even they may not want to say it right now. Pickens has made some circus catches that not all wide receivers are making, dude. All right, bro. Agree to disagree. <laughs> you just want to down me, dude. You just want to hurt, see me hurt. You just want to see me suffer. Uh, Why? I don't think so. I don't think so. You don't think so? You, you, think, no. you think you are being a... A good person in this scenario that does not want to see me fail? Why, of course. <laughs> I hate you so much. No, you don't. <laughs> All right. I think we got like a couple other games left. Um, Green Bay at Miami. Miami. Goodness gracious, the way I said that. 
Green Bay won this game 26-20. to Tua is now in concussion protocol again. Oh, that, oh, I should have told you that before I, when we were talking about the chances. Yeah. Tua probably won't play this week. He's in concussion protocol for like the third time this week. You this might year. actually win. <laughs> you have to tell me that first. I should have totally forgot to tell you. It came to me when I said it. Yeah, he's in concussion protocol again. <laughs> yeah, you might actually win out. Chances are going up, huh? Yeah, with Tua being hurt. You need them to lose. Who wait? Who's their backup? Uh, oh, it's uh, Brissett. I think it's Brissett. Jacoby Brissett. Uh huh. Oh, he might be screwed. He's solid. Yeah, that team. All that team needs is solid. I don't know. I guess the Patriots suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's kind of tough for me, huh? <laughs> all right, Denver, L.A. Um, oh, Terrible Green Bay game. still has a chance to make the playoffs, by the way. Ew. As bad as Green Bay ever was, like they still have a chance. It's kind of weird. Denver, L.A., one of the worst games ever. We thought Denver's going to win because their defense is okay. Turns out L.A. had something to say about that. 51-14. to 14. Absolute murder. They cut their head off and left the heads in the middle of the field. You let like, Baker kill you like that? Baker went off. <laughs> like... Denver was a dead body. They were just taking it. Like they couldn't. They weren't fighting. There was no fight to them. Russell Wilson stunk. Their defense stunk. Everything stunk. And their head coach got fired after this. So, I think Nathaniel Hackett, their head coach that is now fired, is very happy he's now gone. Yeah. Because I think he was there for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah. He was Aaron Rodgers' offensive coordinator, and they pretty much took him away. To head coach their team, thinking they were going to get Aaron Rodgers. And Green Bay pulled up the Brinks truck for Aaron Rodgers. And he said, nah, I'm not going to go to the Broncos. I'll stay here and take all this cash. And next thing you know, they had to take a quarterback that he wasn't necessarily the guy for. And Russell Wilson had to pretty much say, hey, this I love this coach. When honestly, they didn't want this coach for him in the first place. They didn't want. Russell Wilson was the second choice. And honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. Aaron Rodgers would have done a lot more with this roster than Aaron. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Russell Wilson has. Oh yeah, you would have. (laughs) Like not even close. No. Like probably one of the worst decisions because Aaron Rodgers, after deciding to stay, you have Devontae Adams leaves, which alters their season. And the next thing you know, the Denver has to go with their second choice and Russell Wilson. And we all see how that played out. And the next thing you know, you have the you have Seattle who doesn't do all that well too. I think that whole saga between those three kind of teams has changed so many different, has had so many different outcomes that could have been, and it just kind of worked out this way to where everybody sucks. He should have just stayed a Seahawk. I, I gave up on Russell Wilson a long time ago this season. I was more the Russell Wilson apologist between us going into this season. Um, when we redo the quarterback rankings, he'll be in the bottom five. He'll absolutely deserve it. <laughs> He's played terribly. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, I sold on Russell Wilson because he looks at himself to be above the Real guys quick, that Davis he's playing Mills with. Davis has been better than him. Yeah, not even a question. Man. And I think part of it is, like, a product of expectations as well when you pay a guy to over $200 million. Like, that, those, kind of those things are going to come I know, up but on before you. this season, he was a $200 million kind of guy. We thought. <laughs> so, like, like, it's your fault. It's not ours. It's yours. And I expectation think, or not, you you you're a Super Bowl winner. You have, you know the expectation of you. You've done it before. This is your fault. So, if this is like, if, if money can affect how you play, 
you don't deserve you didn't you are not you were never that good to begin with. So my question is now, if things don't get much better from here, is he still a Hall of Famer? Who? Russell Wilson. I would contend that he doesn't. He isn't a Hall of Famer. If things don't get better from here, if like things like stick to, stick to how it is right now, and maybe he goes back to winning six or seven games, if he, I think he needs another great run in the playoffs slash Super Bowl in order to make the, make the Hall of Fame. Like I think that's how disastrous this season has been because everybody was looking at him, everybody was blaming the Seahawks, everybody was blaming uh, Pete Carroll that hey let Russ cook, and he got that opportunity to do that in Denver, and it has went. The absolute worst. He has alienated himself from his teammates. His t- all of his teammates hate him. He has gotten his coach fired. Like everything has gone terribly now that he had control, which is the one thing he wanted in, in Seattle, which they never gave him, which rightfully so, I guess, because seeing him with control now, he has now pretty much looked like they've ruined the organization. The Walmart owner, I forget his name, but he didn't even pay Russell Wilson before he bought the team. And now he has to sign this dude's checks. He's like, I just bought the team. I just wanted to be an NFL owner. Now I got to sign checks for this terrible quarterback. Like this is insane. Like I just, I, it sucks. Um, Tampa Bay, Arizona. Tampa Bay won this game in overtime, nineteen to sixteen. This game was an absolute <laughs> dumpster fire. Make me throw up in my mouth. Like every bad thing you could say about this game, absolutely atrocious. T- Tom Brady is old now. He's done so. Like, I'm I'm done with Tom. Like, Tom Brady, he is old. There's nothing that I can see. He could turn it on, but I'm just like, it's he's he can't do it. He can't run away from pressure. He never he's never been able to do that. Well, he, he's even worse now. He's even more of a statue. And a lot of his throws are ducks. He can throw sometimes, but it, it's not consistent. Like, it's just, man, it's it's so crazy how ba- how quickly it has happened. But he looks like an old man out there now. He's 45, and he looks like it now. Like, his, his hair is gray. Like, everything's going bad. Um, Tampa Bay, and they and they still have a playoff game, potentially. They get I a home playoff that, game. Man. I hate that so much. They're going to have a home playoff game they played so bad this year. I hate the end of the season where teams can't decide if they're out or in or if they're good or bad. They just want to keep trying. Just either give up or... whole NFC South is absolute dumpster fire. Yeah, that's why they're at the top. That's why they are the top. That's how they might have a playoff spot. They're a game below five hundred and still they still leading their own division. And then L.A. Indianapolis, L.A. The Chargers won this game, twenty to three. Their defense came to play this game. Derwin James, an absolute monster, but Derwin James did get knocked out of the game for like one of the more vicious hits I've seen in an NFL game in a while. He knocked dude out like he straight up hit him right in the button. Very vicious hit. He got thrown out. He should have been. Can't have those hits like that anymore, but the Chargers. Herbert, oh, you are you going to take a look at it? Yeah. Herbert had a good game. You know what's funny? Herbert had a decent game, but did not throw not one touchdown pass. Austin Eckler is still a monster. This game was just, you know, not even close. I think the Colts are pretty much a dying horse right now, just kind of laying there on the ground, and the Chargers get to come yeah, in. Colts dying horse. Yeah, I, I kind of put that together, didn't Ooh. I? Yeah, yeah. Who is that on? Um, I what is his number? Uh, sixteen. It's not Pittman Junior. Nope. Michael Pittman Junior. is thirteen. Nope, not Pittman. Vicious, right? That was a vicious hit. He didn't get low enough. He, that's what I'm saying. I'm just sitting there like every guy's like he stayed high. He didn't have to say high. He could literally just went a little bit lower, hit him on the shoulder pads, and blown him up. 
But right. he stayed way too high. He never got low. Then he lowered his helmet. Like, it was a very... They're going to put that into a clip. They're going to clip that up he in a clip of terrible his hits. His hands legit shoved him. Yeah. He never even got, like, down to tackling position. Nope. That game was ugly. Like, that was an ugly hit. Ugly hit. Indianapolis has been so bad, their owner is doing a whole uh, thing to send, like, 20 people to the uh, Super Bowl. Not the Super Bowl, but to the uh, Colts' last game in New York on his private jet and everything. So to get some fan love, he's like, hey, for loving our terrible team, I'm going to do a drawing for some random fans to come on my private jet and go to New York and watch the game in his press box. I'm like, this is so desperate. That's like a please love me when my team sucks type of thing. It's kind of insane. He didn't like get his arms out to wrap up. Oh yeah, you're still you're still stuck on the head, no, because huh? like you could see his intent was to try to hit this dude as hard as possible. Oh yeah, he wasn't trying to. Yeah, he wasn't trying to like tackle him and like wrap up. No, he wanted no to, he wanted to perform a highlight play. No technique whatsoever. Oh, Mac Jones, dirtiest player in the NFL right now. Uh, I don't. It happened against your team, so I figured you might have a what happened on the pick that he threw, um, to where it was like a pick six. He went up. Mac Jones went in in front of Eli Apple. You actually, you would have been happy if this happened. He was running towards the play after he thrown the pick. The guy was pretty much running away from it. It was going to be a pick six. There was nothing Mac Jones can do. He runs out in front of Eli Apple and then just jump like drops down, taking him from taking out uh, taking his feet out from under him. And the next thing you know, like. It was away from the play. I think and there's like a whole draw up on Twitter of Mac Jones having plays where he's aiming his foot up at people's uh, nuts while he's getting while he's sliding. He is doing a lot of dirty stuff. I think people are looking at him as like one of the dirtier players in the league. Like I saw the mock up of like the plays that they're talking about. It's looking a lot like, uh, you know, Grayson Allen territory, man. I see it as being more dirty in the NFL Well, for him doing it is because the quarterback is the most protected position. Yeah, I can't hurt you. I, defensive players can't do anything to you. They can't e- breathe on you without getting a flag. You know, and then when you have your opportunity, you're the one you know people's nuts and stuff. Offensive players can put their hands in the defender f- face mask with almost no repercussions. Oh, they can't. They, they can't, There are repercussions. If they but see not it. the same. If thing they see is, it. if... Like if if a defensive player is using his hands to the face at all, it's a legit f- they're straight fa- up foul. They're, they're illegal fast, use of hands. They're faster to you to do that call. Um, but but I've watched running backs whole hand in that face mask. I've watched Mixon do it. He has whole hands in his face mask. Yeah, for sure. It, they should catch it. Like they, it is a rule. You can't do that either as an offensive player. But it's less likely to be to be caught. They're too lenient on it. They're true. That's true. Okay. Uh, just real quick before we get to some of the other like. Little little stories here. We don't have too much left. I, we do need to pick the game. I think it's already started now, but we haven't watched a lick of anything. So I think we both pretty much made our picks already. Dallas, Tennessee is playing tonight. Dallas. Dallas. I I would say so as well. Um, all the luck to uh, Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs. Like, you know, all the luck to him. He's a cool dude. Nobody's ever said anything bad about him. No one knows who he is. <laughs> But I do remember him on the Steelers, and I remember him being a pretty cool dude. And he was good on Tennessee. Like, he was good as a Tennessee quarterback. He was good. Yeah, I do. I don't remember that. That was before <laughs> my time. I remember as, as a Steelers backup. You, you, didn't, was... you didn't care about college football when he played there. Okay. News and notes. Um, Luca 
60-2010 game against the New York Knicks in Madison Square Garden. One of the more impressive performances I've seen out of an NBA player in a while. Like, it is, like, very, very good. Like, he had 20 rebounds <laughs> in tennis. So it's, like, one of those things where, like, it's not like a James Harden 60-point game, 60 point game where he's just dribble, 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 dribble all the time. Um, he got other people involved. He was rebounding. He also hit a last-second shot to take the take the uh, Mavs into overtime. And then they ended up winning the game too. So it was like a very impressive performance. One of the better ones by um, better ones this year, honestly, for when it comes to any cut type. I don't even think I've seen heard any of the bigger games outside of that. Zion had a had a really good win last night. I think he scored 33 points in the second half. And this was against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Did he do that dunk in this game? Um, which dunk? You're talking no, about? no, no, wrong game. It was. I think it was against a different. Oh, the crazy dunk where he was like by himself and he just kind of yeah. That was like the very end of the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a different game. Definitely yeah. a different. And game. then the post game, he was like, "They knocked my team out. My uh, team out last season. I wasn't there." And he was like, "I'm here now, though." <laughs> Zion had a career high forty three points in this game. Um, four. He's fixing it real quick. His career has turned around completely uh, compared to the last three, two years. Two years? When everybody was talking about his weight and all oh, that. Oh, he, he's a bust. He's a bust. I was like, I, I said to you, I said he could be the biggest bust yep. if he doesn't turn around. Straight up. Switch. Flipped. He lost weight, and he is out there. But he looks like a young LeBron in, in many ways. He doesn't have the shooting of LeBron, like even close to what LeBron shooting was. But here's what I'll say. I think this will always be Zion Williamson's problem if – because of the type of athlete he is, if he gets hurt, he's going to balloon up again, and he's going to be the same saga. If it's an injury where he can't do cardio, he's going to have this issue where he's going to end up gaining a lot of weight, and people are going to be all over it again. So, and then he keeps having knee injuries of some sort. Like It's just, I'm not sure how long his career will be able to go because the the combination of injuries and then the, the kind of weight he plays at I don't think he'll ever be able to be light enough to where the knee injury won't be a problem. I just think that I just hope they'll be able to do something with him while he's healthy. A lot like Joel Embiid, where he has a lot of knee injuries and stuff like that. That's kind of taken away a lot of his youth, but he's still good as of right now. So the Sixers are trying to do as much as they can to try to like squeeze the juice out of the greatness that he has. I just hope the Pelicans will be able to do enough to make the Zion make Zion's career worth it. I just don't think he'll be able to carry a 15-year career. At least not being the player he is right now. Right now, he is like he is on a run. Like he is, he's being pretty dominant. I just don't think all the the combination of the team he's with, the injuries, the weight he plays at. I don't think that'll end up being a recipe for long-term success. He'll be more of a flash in the pan type of guy. Where ten years from now, you'll be like, oh, where'd that guy go? Like. <laughs> Am I am I am I being a little too negative or like? Yeah, do you think be, so? I think you're being too negative. Maybe, I, I'm just like with the with the problems that he has. It just seems I've seen this storybook before. Maybe he can be the guy to prove me wrong and prove all the naysayers wrong. But I just that's just kind of how I see it in this. Um, Bulls, Grayson Allen. There was another thing last night. Grayson Allen was playing defense, end up getting kind of pushed by Patrick Williams, but he really wasn't. And then he literally elbowed DeRozan right in the back, knocked him over. Um, and then DeRozan got right up, ready to have right to scrap. And people were holding him back and all that. I just think Grayson Allen 
one of the dirtier players in modern, at least our modern basketball that I've ever seen. Because obviously I didn't watch the 90s, like the Pistons or anything like that. Like I didn't watch, or the 80s and 90s Pistons. Like I didn't watch any of that. It was the it, 80s. Because you weren't born. It was 80s, 90s because you weren't born yet. So I didn't watch any of that. But like for modern basketball, I think Grayson Allen's one of the dirtier players I've ever watched play basketball. Like he doesn't bring, he can shoot the ball and then he hurts people. Like that's literally his whole career. I think it also d- didn't help because it's Alex Crusoe how his season got ended last year was Grayson Allen doing a very dirty play last year, taking his legs out from under him on a breakaway uh, layup, and he took his legs out, and then next thing you know, he's hurt for the rest of the season last year. Yeah. So get him out of the league, man. I just think with players like that, NBA players are too, is too important for some players to be playing like that, especially when he brings nothing else to the table. Okay, and then this last couple of college football games, we're not going to talk about the playoff games. We're going to talk about that on the next podcast before this upcoming Saturday's games. But if you just had to give me a quick thing for some of the uh, games here, I'm not going to ask you for like any type of breakdown or anything because that's just not your bag, not for college football. But give me... Okay, so we got... Uh, let me find the game. Notre Dame, South Carolina. Twenty-one Notre Dame, nineteen South Carolina. I will say Spencer Rattler. They South Carolina did beat Clemson and Tennessee at the end of the season. Spencer Rattler did he declare for the draft? No, he wouldn't get draft. I, I think he's gonna stay because he wouldn't get draft time to be worth it. What year is he in? He would be a. This would be his junior year. Why do I remember? Him? Why do I feel like I remember him for like seven years? Um, because his. On field story is pretty pretty rich in highs and lows. There's that time his freshman year he looked like a monster. Last year he was terrible for Oklahoma. This year he he was terrible up until his, his last two games where he where they pretty much beat both Clemson and Tennessee, knocked them both out of the playoffs. And next thing you know, we're here. I would say Notre Dame wins this game. They're a little bit more talented team. Their defense is really good. So you really doesn't have you, enough. You just want to pick which one to win. Oh yeah, Notre yeah. Dame, easy. <laughs> that's that's a dumb question. It's Notre Dame, Tennessee, Clemson, Tennessee, Orange Bowl, Tennessee. They don't have they don't have Hennon Hooker. He's out. Oh, he's Clemson. And Clemson will be playing with their new their uh, new shiny quarterback in Mister. Why am I forgetting the guy's name? Da, 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 da. I forget his name. It doesn't really matter. Um, I do pick Clemson. Clemson's defense yeah, is very, easy. very that, special. That's easy. It's gonna be Clemson without their starting quarterback. It's Clemson. <laughs> yeah, I do. Because I on that Tennessee squad, it's he's what made it special. Hennon Hooker was a monster. Man. Yeah, he made it special. But it's gonna be uh, Clemson. And then oh, Bama, Arkansas. No, no, sorry, that is Bama, and oh, wa- uh, Washington State. No, Kansas State. That's what it is. Probably Bama. Bama, Kansas State. Um, Bryce is playing. And um, well, I mean, the, the linebacker, Will Anderson. They're both playing. It'll be Bama. I will say, I do think if Bryce Young is playing in this game, he probably has the fattest insurance on himself in this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he better. <laughs> if he's, he's playing in this game, there better be the fattest insurance on himself yeah. ever. Because if he gets hurt, He's the first. He's literally first round pick, right? Top five pick right now, if not top ten. 
Like, if he gets hurt, that could potentially derail his whole you NFL mean top career. top 10, if not top 5? I said top 5, if not. Oh, well, yeah, you're right. Top 10, if not top 5. You're, you're right. You have that right on me. He's top 3. Let's be real. He's a top yeah. 3 pick. It's weird how the quarterback, how the teams are going to stack up for quarterbacks this year. But he's a top 2 quarterback. It's going to be him. You're either... Oh! Okay, I've seen too many. All right. I don't think there's any more games I really want to talk about. Okay. I saw this thing on Twitter. Will Levis, the Ken, the Kentucky quarterback. I have seen multiple writers say that Will Levis is the second is better than CJ Stroud and should be the second most taken quarterback in this year's upcoming draft. Will Levis is absolute Dog water. I'm not going to sit here and cuss like you. you you've been cussing a little bit lately. I'm, I'm not sure where that's coming from. But I'm, I'm not going to go that far. Grown man. For both men. But I'm, try, I'm trying to be good for the kids. For the kids. Um, all right. So, Will Levis, Kentucky quarterback, has all the physical tools, but has been absolutely garbage at Kentucky. This He was bad this year. Last year was a little bit better for him. But I don't know where oh, Ohio State had one bad game this year. I don't like. Well, I don't really want to talk about Ohio State, but I think, I think too many people are taking from that Michigan game and saying Ohio State's the worst team ever. But I think a week before that game happened, people were calling them the second best team in college football, and then after that game, people are acting like C.J. Stroud sucks as a quarterback and they shouldn't be in the playoff at all. So I just think people need to get their their act together because C.J. Stroud's a really good quarterback, and I don't think there's anything that Will Levis has done to. Warrant being the second best quarterback. I don't think he's the fifth best quarterback. I, Will Levis has done nothing at Kentucky. As great as he is, like there should have been like there's he's done nothing this year to warrant being the second overall quarterback in this year's upcoming draft. It has got on my. I think they'll have more about this after the season is over. But I just saw a couple, couple publications about this, and I'm just like, people just like blonde haired, blue eyed quarterbacks to be their guy, right? I just feel like. You have to show it somehow in college, right? If you're a talented guy, at least Zach Wilson looked good at BYU before he got drafted two overall. Like there is nothing. Will, Le- Will Levis is not never being that even that good in college for at Kentucky. So I'm just sitting here like it's racked my brain as to how people can come to these conclusions. Maybe it's just because they're trying to get clicks. Maybe they're just trying to get dopes like me that are just like hotheads about Ohio State to then click on these videos. I think PFF has been really good about that for me. So I don't know. Uh, that was a quick. Oh, Penn State, Utah. Penn, Utah. I'd actually. Their Utah's best cornerback isn't playing in this game. I'd actually pick Penn State. Penn State's two losses were to Ohio State, Michigan this year. I just think Penn State should get a little bit more. Like they're the eleventh ranked team this year. I think they should be higher than that. They're they're two losses to top four teams. So, uh, I think Penn State is going to win this game. I think they might bring out Drew Aller, their next year's quarterback. I think they might have something in store for Utah because I just think Utah, uh, they can run the football, but outside of that, Penn State's defense is really good. I just think they'll be able to do enough to stop Utah from being able to do what they want on offense. All right. I think we've done enough rambling. We have another podcast to do either tomorrow, probably tomorrow, so I'm not going to make this go on too much longer. So I'm going to go ahead and say, if anybody had the wherewithal, the cojones, the the absolute patience to listen to this podcast today. I appreciate you very much. 
if you subscribe, if you like the podcast, go ahead and subscribe, rate the podcast five stars, share it to friends, share it to family, enemies, all that. Follow us on Twitter at JB at JB Sports Pod is our podcast Twitter at Javante Boozer at Jace Boozer. Um, and that is about it. So I'm going to go ahead and throw it over to Jace to end, end this podcast out. This has been the JB Sports Podcast. Thank you guys for listening today. You have a good one, y'all.